Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. My name is Donna Freeman. Welcome to the show. I am the founder of Yoga in My School and the newly launched Kids Yoga Academy. And we are thrilled to have our special guest here today. Uh, joining us is Karma Carpenter Shea of k12yoga.org. And she's going to be leading a discussion about how um, yoga meets the positive behavioral intervention and supports initiative that's happening in the United States and the way that various yoga programs can truly help to meet the needs of teachers, administrators, and the children who are learning and growing and who we have such a vested interest in in our future. Now, to that end, um, I want to make sure that you all know about the, uh, the launch of Kids Yoga Academy. Um, it is, we've just launched it in the past uh, about 10 days ago, and it is a virtual Kids Yoga conference that is available anytime, anywhere. And our goal there is to provide world-class access to leaders in, kids and yoga, the, in the kids' yoga and mindfulness community. And uh, we have a fabulous group of faculty that have um, lent their assistance and their expertise to the site. And there you'll be able to find various e-courses that bring um, in-depth yoga teacher training that you can access at your convenience. There are teacher resources to enrich and expand your professional development. All kinds of lesson plans are packed with creativity and inspiration. I'm always amazed as soon as I get another one, and I've received numerous of them in the past month. And, wow, just amazing things there. And I really want to make sure that you know about our next live webinar event that is coming up next week, Thursday, December 6th. Uh, it's entitled Teaching Teens Yoga, being held with Christy Brockmiel, uh, the founder of Yoga Minded, and she really is a leader in the area of teaching yoga to teens. Um, so join us for that event. You can find out more information about it as well as register if you go to kidsyogaacademy.com and under the Live Webinars tab. So let's get into today's topic for our interview. Karma, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Donna. Can you hear me all right? I can. How is life in Hawaii? Well, the islands are always beautiful. No place is perfect, and every place is wonderful if you look for the best. And that's yoga, right? Focusing on <laughs> solutions? Exactly. I appreciate we you get... giving us some time today to, to talk about solutions, and um, I'm hoping that you'll be able to put 
uh, I know you always send some kind of a post to your blog, the the websites for PBIS and RTI, so that people who have no idea what we're talking about can maybe find those links. Oh, I will definitely be putting those up. Um, but can you kind of explain what is PBIS? Because this was new to me, being Canadian. Um, we don't have the same federal initiatives that you do. Um, but what is PBIS and what is RTI? Right. Positive Behavior Interventions and Supports. This is an innovation in American education that some people could give a lot of history about with regard to civil rights in America, as you know, we have free and appropriate education where all children, regardless of their ability level, have the right to an appropriate level of education. And that gets into a lot of special ed history, but um, what positive behavior supports, interventions and supports, essentially is is a way of supporting what works for children in the school. We um, are asked as school staff uh, and even parents, to look at the ways that we can support positive behaviors in children and the ways that we can incentivize those behaviors and, most importantly, the supports that we can put into place to help them use those positive behaviors, to make those positive choices. And these behaviors have to do not only with academics, such as focusing, et cetera, but, of course, with our social skills that students are learning also in schools. All right. So that's PPI. There's a lot more history. It's kind of a a show in itself in RTI. Um, Response to intervention is similar to the concept of of positive behavior supports. It's it's all kind of mushed in there together. But um, states were required to submit plans for how they were going to help teachers learn to catalog their interventions with students. So I'll make it real for us. I'll give an example. Say a first grader comes in and just doesn't know how to stay in her seat and um, focus. And the school teacher maybe says, well, this child might need to have some special help. Maybe this child needs special ed. Well, in the old days, that might have happened sooner than it would. These days Mm -hmm. what we have are a series of processes to look at how we can intervene and and then what is the response to our intervention. In other words, how does the student respond to the things that we try to help them with positive behavior. And those need to be documented. That has, of course, caused a lot of um, hard work for school teachers and other school staff at a time when budget cuts, of course, in this country for the last 20 years have nearly drained schools of, uh, oh, my goodness, just can't quite um, imagine how how bad it is in many places. But this is where yoga-based tools are a solution. Um, Today we will hear, I know she's on the line waiting uh, for us to talk to her, Susan Solvang. Um, She is working in in Milwaukee with um, mindfulness and yoga-based tools to help the school, the school psychologists, school social workers, school counselors, principal, could all speak to the, the fact that they have reduced behavior referrals to the office as a direct result. They've studied it, um, of mindfulness and the yoga-based tools in the schools. I'm um, wondering if we could maybe even switch to Susan now. Oh, for Is sure. Let's, in your queue, let's bring Donna? Susan in. Yeah. And let's make sure I'm clicking on the right 
button here. Okay. Hello, Susan. How you doing? Susan, are you there? Oh, I think we just lost her. Well, we'll we'll hang on and let her try again. But the the way that this works with you know, making it real again. It's one thing that, you know, University of Oregon has done a lot of research with uh, PBIS and University of Minnesota sort of with RTI. And these aren't new programs, by the way. These are things that have been going on for the better part of 10, 15 years, have been in the think tank of academia. But a lot of our school yoga programs have really made it real in helping school teachers to know how to do basic focusing exercises. And here's the beauty of this, Donna, is that we're talking about RTI level one. Some of some of our listeners know exactly what I mean, but most of them have no idea. A lot of what this means is that the entire class can learn these skills. So oh, it's not sure. as though one child is being singled out because they're having trouble focusing. It's that maybe the school counselor or school social worker, uh, school teacher, stands at the front of the room and leads a lesson, leads one of those modules you talked about that's in your mm-hmm. kids' yoga academy. And this can suffice as the intervention level one. And yeah. the beauty of it is that all of the children gain from these learning readiness skills, these self-regulation skills that help them to achieve positive behavior and academics. Um, I'd love to Susan's have Susan back with us. Oh, Susan, good. Susan's good. joined us again, so let me pull her into the conversation. Hey, Susan, how's it going? Good morning, Donna. Thank you. I'm so glad. You know, technology, you drop a call. I'm glad you could call back in. Thanks. Thank you. Susan, we, I know your program has been running for quite a while, and we are on such a tight schedule this morning. So many things that we'd love for you to tell us about. Would could could you sort of jump right in and and get to the, the real essence of it? How does an outside training program, a mindfulness and yoga training program, work with the school staff to to make this all real? How how has the magic happened in your program? Our program is in the classroom, Donna, so that we're reaching both the teachers and the students at the same time. We find that the teachers need these skills as much as the students in order to stay centered throughout their day, which is so very stressful. So we go in and teach um, short lessons between 15 minutes and 30 minutes, and we go in twice a week for eight weeks. We teach social and emotional skills where a child... Uh, where we teach to the child but also to the teacher. They're very simple so that the teacher can replicate these um, these lessons. For example, our our focus is on all social and emotional learning. We teach children to focus and sustain their focus, then to notice things like generosity, gratitude, um, doing sending kind thoughts to other children, And when they notice what these things feel like in their body, they're able to notice it, and it becomes meaningful to them. And Mm -hmm. when they get those feelings again, they recognize them, and that's an accomplishment. It's a feeling of resilience. And when they can recognize that, that brings them right where they are with their body in that classroom as opposed to worrying about something coming up in the future something that happened in the past. They're right there, ready and present to learn then. 
Yeah, I find it so important that they actually get the practice, that they feel it, they experience it, and then they can revisit that. We're, we're Susan, trying to... it's karma once more. Tell us a little bit about the PBIS. I know it's an informal research at this point, but can you tell us a bit about the infrastructure? Does your, does your... Well, PBIS in uh, the schools that we're in have three levels. So mm-hmm. there's level one, level two, and level three. Level one is for a hundred some uh, school-wide techniques that reach a hundred percent of the children. And that's where we fit in because we go into the classroom, anybody in the classroom, everybody is included. Um, then there's level three. That's Those are kids that really are working with the principal, the parent, the psychologist, and the social worker um, because issues are so tough for them. And then there's level two, which is working in small groups. So we can really reach level one and level two kids but we're primarily on the level one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's just so it, important to be able to reach everyone. Everyone can benefit from these skills and use them in their lives. Absolutely. And we've done studies. Our studies match studies from uh, other organizations that have done similar things. Um, both the student and the teacher find that they are physically feeling calmer and emotionally, they feel calmer as well. Um, we found that with the students in our most recent uh, data, that 90% of the students actually enjoy the mindfulness practices. 83% of them say it has helped them in life, and 67% say it helps them calm down. Um, and then we've got many numbers, including 55% who say it helps them avoid fights. So we're reaching, it's not 100% of the kids, but we're reaching in this short amount of time, really eight hours worth of time, we're, we're making huge inroads and we're giving them skills that they can use on their own. Mm-hmm. Susan, remind us of the grade level that your two-week, eight-week series happens with? Well, this particular study was done on um, second graders through through uh, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now we're, we're teaching kindergartners through first grade, and we've got three special ed classrooms. And mm-hmm. these, the kindergarten through first grade, those classes, they really are glamming on to this. Mm-hmm. And, and so are the teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you be at liberty to describe any a bit of your your program's um, fundraising efforts or how you know what we get so much with the Association for School Yoga and Mindfulness? You know, we provide support for programs and for schools so they can bring these these tools that are so important in, in a sustainable way. And the number one problem that they all face is, of course, funding and sustainability. Can you say anything at all about how this is? Is there a certain organization or often healthcare organizations and communities have donated money? Um, Are you at liberty to share at all? Currently, um, we have primarily, our funding comes from private gifts um, because we're we're at the startup level. We're not really large enough for some of our um, larger corporations to provide us support. Um, so we're, 
um, we're in the process of getting funding from. Um, we have a very a coffee a, a, a local business. They, it's a bakery and coffee shop that's in about six or seven different neighborhoods in Milwaukee, and they like to support their community. So they um, are just on the verge of providing support for schools in the neighborhoods that their businesses are in. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good example of a principle that we're seeing more in social enterprise, which is called global. You probably both heard of it by now. It's, it's the the concept of local localizing global ideas or, or going back to small neighborhood supports. And one of the organizations I want to plug them because uh, larger cities have these in the U.S., which is Whole Foods is a source of funding for these programs nationwide, yoga and mindfulness in schools. Um, Thanks for sharing that, Susan. It's so important for programs to hear these maps to success, you know, for your counterparts in other states to hear how you've been able to make it happen. Another piece that's really important for sustainable programs such as yours is to, to interface with that continuing education piece that school staff need, whether they're social workers, occupational therapists, physical therapists, school teachers, as you know, they all need their continuing education. Is that a piece that your program is moving towards or is partnering with the district to provide, perhaps? Actually, we we are moving towards that. We have somebody, one of our, my colleagues is a Ph.D., and we're um, looking at training teachers, we're also looking at working with um, other organizations that go into schools and provide help um, in terms of reading support, math support, uh, maybe you know, maybe even the Boys and Girls Club, um, although we haven't had a chance to meet with them. But those those adults, that staff, they need skills too. And once we 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 feel that once we can train them, they'll understand the value of it, and they'll be more open to um, welcoming us in and working with their kids. It's a good segue, again, to point back to Glocal. If if Amy Hazeman is on the line, we might ask her to jump in. But Susan, what what you've done, or moving towards, I think that Amy Hazeman's program in Atlanta, Grounded, is is already doing, and other programs as well. But that's your you're glocalizing your your concept. In other words, you're saying the school is a hub of a community, and whether it's a cafe or it's the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA or the library or the local uh, Veterans Administration office, we know that there are many children of veterans in schools as well as children of prisoners in schools um, that we need to serve with particular care. But that's to train all of these community partners, these stakeholders who there isn't a single individual in the community that isn't touched by schools in their community in some way, even if it's second or third wave. So if you need some support in setting up models with boys and girls clubs and such to train them and get the CE, um, please be in touch because we have some models around the country uh, that are already happening. I I really appreciate that you've called in. and the The work you're doing with PBIS and RTI is so important, and I I really hope you'll come back and talk to us more in detail. I absolutely will. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, Susan. And we've also got Amy Hazeman, and Amy Hazeman is one of the founders of Grounded, which, as um, Karma mentioned, is down in Atlanta. Amy, thanks for joining us today. 
Hi, can you hear me all right? Sure can. Thanks for having Amy, me. Can you can you segue at all into what we just said? I don't know if you heard that, but this idea I know that Grounded is working with my goodness, the juvenile court and various agencies and universities and the Centers for Disease Control are in your neighborhood and you're you're doing a good job at becoming kind of a social service uh community hub that builds supports around a school. Um it, can you say anything about that before we launch into youth leadership? Sure. Um, I think that the schools are really the important place to start. Um, I couldn't agree more with Susan that the teachers are an integral part of that formula for better health in the school because when you when you reach the teachers and you are able to have the teachers realize that they're not just teaching math or language arts or science, but they're teaching human beings, then they see the student in a different light. And the subject matter of whatever their information that they need to get across, um, it flows better when there's a better relationship between the students and the teachers. And the communication is clear and there's mutual respect and peace in the school, it makes for an optimal learning environment. And um, that's really important. So I appreciate mm-hmm. how Susan is, is working with the teachers as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just to, to mention, you, you and, and Cheryl, you do such an amazing job with being advocates for teachers and such. And, all of our programs are saying that the PBIS and RTI have been such a source of distress for teachers because there hasn't been an understanding of actually how it works. So isn't it elegant that the school yoga and mindfulness community then would come with solutions and say, look, here's a way to address positive behavior support in RTI that's actually a win-win-win situation. Not only does it help to address the problems that are being pre, you know, presented in, in uh, behavior and achievement, but it helps the school community as a whole um, and even meets teachers' continuing education goals. I mean, that's that's just such an elegant solution, right? Right, and when we reach kids early on, no matter what their special need is or their behavioral intervention that we need to support, then maybe we can prevent them getting into future trouble and being in the juvenile court system and, um, you know, running away and needing help in shelters and that sort of thing. So we, we really want to reach them early. Now, Amy, you you and Cheryl have come up with a, a splendid model. Um, very few programs in the country are doing it yet in any large sense, but that's creating youth leaders in your yoga and mindfulness work whereby the youth are actually learning the skills to lead perhaps a practice or a few different exercises. Can you say a bit about how that started or how it's going or give us some some good anecdotes, give us some stories? All right. Well, we have a program called the Quest for Elevation, and basically it can start at age seven um, when kids might typically get grounded in the not-so-good way in their life. We want to start them on a quest to get grounded and elevate in the good sense of the word, grounded. And so through the yoga program of the Quest for Elevation, they learn skills um, on how to become a yoga teacher in their community. And it's 
like how to plan a, a lesson with a theme that speaks to people's hearts and, and a bigger concept than just something physical. Um, how to use their authentic voice and talk to people based on what they're seeing in the class that they're teaching. So when they're instructing, they're really looking at the students that they're instructing and um, and teaching to what they see. And so it's it's basically learning how to communicate and be aware of what's happening as they're teaching. And they they earn bandanas for each level that they achieve. And the bandanas are just like it's a pennant. It's, it can they can symbolize what they've learned and celebrate what they've learned. And mm-hmm. um, we have kids as young as nine years old who have completed that program and who are in their school being leaders and inspiring by example. Mm-hmm. Can you can you paint us a picture just real quickly? I, we're running out of time. It always happens. You know, give us like a an implementation tip. So if a program is thinking of doing this or perhaps already is and is meeting with some questions from the school, well, my goodness, how can you train, you know, students to be yoga teachers? Is there not some child labor law, you know, or are we, you know, how is this going to work? Are they just going to break into yoga class on the recess playground or how is, give us a piece of picture. How does it work? Well, one thing that's pretty new this year on the high school level is we have high school kids who are choosing to intern with us as part of their high school credit. So it's really, it's something where we have one student right now who's interning with Cheryl, and she goes to every one of Cheryl's classes, and then Cheryl has met with the school teacher coordinator to review the student's progress and set objectives for her um, in this internship. So in mm-hmm. high school, and, and the, the coordinator of that program wants to expand that next year, so we'll have more mm-hmm. interns. Um, on, on an elementary or middle school level, part of learning how to teach is practice teaching. So oftentimes the students will ask the teachers to come after school and go in the gym and the kids will lead their teachers um, maybe even with chairs through yoga poses and the the theme around um, that class. Mm -hmm. It really could speak to a teacher like um, perseverance and doing things that you never thought you would be able to do, working harder than you thought you ever could, and how to um, re-study in situations that are stressful and challenging. And mm-hmm. so the the students are seen by the teacher in a different way. It's like they kind of switch roles for just a few minutes, and and it leads to a new perspective of that relationship and better communication. Empowerment. You know, as as we come to the close of 2012, I just want to uh, plug the movie 2012, Time for Change. It's really the only 2012 movie worth watching. It's a, it's a good documentary. The reason I bring it up is because it specifically mentions the idea of, of empowering youth. And if you're uh, kind of following some of the indigenous cultures on the planet, the Hopis, for example, the prophecies have been that children, this will be a time when we see children come into greater empowerment. And this leadership concept, 
another one of your counterparts, Ali Smith and Atman at, at the Holistic Life Foundation, also exploring these options for high school students to do internships and learn the yoga and mindfulness training skills to actually become leaders in their community and then career laddering that into some kind of a college course where they would become healthcare uh, professionals or what have you. So really important work that you're doing and, and definitely keep it up. And Amy, I want to mention the Grounded program is being a key, key program to the relaunch of the Association for School Yoga and Mindfulness, um, the think tank for the movement. Um, whether you consider yourself to be a secular or non-secular program, we know that the age of dualism is coming to a close and it's time to embrace all of the ends of the spectrum into one global color, a rainbow. And um, I want to really thank Grounded and, and um Donna as well for being uh, part of the platform. Grounded is, is really rebuilding the site for the School Yoga and Mindfulness Association. And Donna, you have created this wonderful radio blog platform for us to have these discussions about the important work that K-12 Yoga does really, and that's the implementation level. How do we get these programs into schools? How does everyone work together? And how do we fund them for sustainability? So I just want to really be in gratitude for both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Karma. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> Have a good day, Amy. And Donna, I know you need to say some things before we close, so I'll just talk more about the relaunch of k12yoga.org. Uh, maybe in our next radio show, we are totally relaunching to be that solution online for hopefully completely free program development support provided by our sponsors to schools so that they can, with a phone call, get an expert on the phone to help them with implementation of school yoga and mindfulness programs. That sounds wonderful. I know that um, the work that you do is vital to uh, to providing these skills um, and support to so many people. So thank you, Karma, for everything that you do. Thank you, Donna. We'll be in touch soon. All right. This has been Donna Freeman with um, Karma Carpenter Shea as she's coordinated a lovely discussion talking about positive behavioral intervention and support and developing um, youth leadership skills in, in children and youth and how yoga and mindfulness techniques will assist all people in doing this and that as um, Susan mentioned this is something that can reach 100% of kids, teachers, administrators and trickles down into the entire community. Um, I really encourage you to join us at Kids Yoga Academy. Lots of good stuff is happening there. We have worked hard to combine just the very best so that people can get that continuing education that they so desperately want and need. And you can get it anytime, anywhere. It's available at your convenience. So please join us and have a wonderful day. Namaste.